Hello, I'm Mike Patra, and I'm the host of the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. Come join us as we go game by game, breaking down our top plays, fades, values, pivots, and talk overall strategy for both tournaments and cash games. And the best part, we're doing this seven days a week. So come check us out. That's Hoopball DFS Today. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Mike Patria for any updates, listener contests, and DFS information. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Guys, welcome back to another installment of The Pelican Scoop. It is I at Lost Within Bank. At Lyle Swithinbank on Twitter, a hoop dash ball presentation. The show on Twitter is at hoopballpels. So if you go over and give that a follow, that'd be great. And uh, make sure you go and follow the show. You can get your podcast wherever you listen to them. So whether that be iTunes, Spotify, all the other different spots that uh, that you can download, as well as hoop-ball.com. They do the live audio there. So thanks very much for tuning in. Now... I know we haven't had a podcast for a few days now, and, and the first week of the bubble, we were pretty much hitting them hard and fast every game. I think we put a new one out. Then the season sort of took a bit of a turn, and uh, all of a sudden, the Pelicans were up against it, and um, yeah, we had to change tack a bit. Um, we got caught up with it all, and uh, we're going to break that down today, the last three games. We've got a lot going on today, actually, and I thought, given that we haven't had one for a little while, we'd make it a little bit longer, and uh, it's just me, just going solo, so uh, settle in. So, today we're going to have a chat about the last three games, so the game against the Spurs, the Kings, and then we finished off with, against the Magic. Now, none of those were very good. I think um, the highlight was the Wizards game, which we had a chat with Doug about uh, in the previous episode. Unfortunately, it was, as we talked about on that episode, a bit of a win-or-go-home mentality, and, and all the other teams were sort of uh, flying, I guess. I mean, Memphis, they had a couple of wins in there. The Suns went 8-0 in the bubble, and uh, and the Portland Trailblazers ended up forcing their way against the Memphis Grizzlies into the play-in game, into the eighth spot. So all very exciting, and um, no doubt we will have the West playoff race 
sorted in the playoff game in the next day or so. So I know Memphis will take on Portland uh, as the 8th and ninth spot. Uh, Portland needs to win one game and they get the 8th spot and, and Memphis has to win the next two and then they'll get in. But um, I thought we'd have a chat about that in the first segment, the uh, the last three games and what our takeaways were from that. And then from there, we're going to have a chat about our off-season and what to next. I mean, we sort of came from an off-season of change, as we talked about with a whole heap of guests this year, and um, it's a bit of a, a chance to be a bit reflective. Um, you know, our season is officially over now, and, and again, thanks to all of the people that have tuned in throughout the, the journey. We're going to keep it going in the off-season throughout the playoffs. We'll keep people coming on, and we'll have a chat about... Uh, our predictions and, and what the season was like and the, and the bubble, I guess, for people that were close to the uh, to the action than, than I am. But uh, otherwise, yeah, this is a bit of a review, you know, so we get to have a look. We'll, we'll talk about the season that was um, and we'll do that in the last segment. But uh, we might as well dive straight in. So the last three games, uh, the last time we spoke and I jumped on here, uh, we had just defeated the Wizards and all of a sudden there was a glimmer of hope. Uh, there had to be some mathematical aerobics, I suppose, to uh, to get us in into that uh, ninth spot and be able to trigger a plane. But um, it wasn't uh, beyond possibility. Uh, so on the Monday after we played Washington, we took on the Spurs and Alvin Gentry came out and said, this is a game seven mentality. Uh, we have to win this. If we don't, um, you know, it's basically home time. We came out a bit lackluster. Um, you know, in the first quarter, we were outscored 27 to 19, and it really was downhill from there. So, you know, um, they did manage to cut a 17-point halftime deficit, the Pelicans, that is, back to four points in the fourth quarter. But uh, then the Spurs finished strong. They went on a 17 to 11 run, and... Uh, and knocked us on the head, basically. So, I mean, a big thing that's been an issue in the whole bubble was the fact that San Antonio managed to drain 39.3% of its three-point attempts. Now, the Pelicans shot 40% from distance, but the 96% from free throws was a huge thing. You know, DeMar DeRozan chopped us. Um, Guys like... Even Marco Bellinelli, he dropped 14 on us. Reddick was the only one that came out and played like it was a game three. You know, we talked with Doug about it, uh, that, you know, JJ wasn't going to be a guy that uh, that stayed down for long. And uh, that was true. You know, he dropped 31 on him, but uh, no one else really fired a shot. We got 25 from Zion in 27 minutes, but it was a bit of a nothing game. You know, we didn't play him against the Wizards. And we won. And then you bring him back in and we lose. So is, is that an issue that we need to address? People on Twitter and, and a lot of conjecture around him being unfit and, and not looking all that healthy. Well, that's something that they're going to have to look at and, and get him sorted. But uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. You know, he's going to have a whole off season. So all of the Zion bashing and the like, yeah, we didn't make it. But it was also year one of a rebuild. We weren't even meant to get number one draft. But, you know, we had a 6% chance to get number one, and replace Anthony Davis in a, in a single off-season. So a lot of teams aren't that lucky. You look at guys like, teams like the the Magic have been sitting pretty low for a while. The Suns, you know, they keep getting draft picks, but uh, haven't turned much into it. Look at the Kings, you know. There's a whole heap of teams that are in worse situations for us. There was a big knock on Lonzo Ball as well following this one. 
He had five points, five rebounds, and ten assists. He only shot 20% from the field and didn't hit a three. And there was a lot of people getting on him and saying, well, you haven't performed well. And they, I think Bleacher Report tweeted that his stats were pretty average and he was letting the team down. And, and he owned it. You know, he came out and said, well, wait till next year. And he had this fire, which we wish we had a scene throughout the bubble, but we really didn't. So, unfortunately, Lonzo was a bit lackluster, you know, his shot wasn't falling, which was a shame, but otherwise, he's a young bloke, I think he's 22 years old, he'll be okay, he was number two draft pick, let's let him grow into himself, and I still think he could be a good point guard, um, I don't think there's reason to go all out on him, I think he's a good player, um, if, if we can get another high uh, IQ point guard, that'll be very helpful, but otherwise, let's let this bloke grow and, and let him develop, and you know, we can make the passes that no one else uh, can make, but uh, we'll just see how it plays out. Um, He's owned it, and he also said, well, I haven't played that well in the bubble, so I'll have to improve. And, you know, for a guy that that feels like he let his team down and he's owning it, you know, that shows maturity. And um, I think if he can channel that into a big off-season, get better, make sure his jump shot's more consistent, and get those minutes in and those reps and improve, well... Good on him. Let's see what he can do. Let's not write him off. You know, he's not a restricted free agent until next year. He's eligible for extension this year, but I don't know whether or not the Pelicans will be willing to fork out a whole heap of cash from this year. If I'm him, I I back myself in and say, well, I want a max deal. I'm going to go and earn one in 2021. Now, Brandon Ingram, was he was all right in this. He had 17 points, six rebounds, five assists, had a steal, Shooting was not too bad, 42%, it's pretty good, and 50% from three, hit a couple of three-pointers. You know, but the conjecture around this game, again, was that we didn't go to him in, in the big moments. The ball needs to be in B.I.'s hands, and we talked about that throughout the journey, that, uh, you know, he can be the guy, and if we're not going to reward him and say, well, okay, he can be second, second fiddle to Zion, Zion can't create off the dribble, He's not a consistent three-point shooter, and B.I. isn't either, but at least he plays a position where he can handle the ball and bring it down. You know, he was averaging five or so assists this year, first-time All-Star. Well, if he's your All-Star, put the ball in his hands. So, who really knows what's going to happen, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. And so, I mean, we, we didn't treat it like a Game 7, and I think... We deserve to be eliminated after that. You know, as tough as it is to say, I think that Spurs outplayed us. They weren't ever meant to be in a position to even compete for the playoffs. And unfortunately, they also got eliminated, breaking their streak of, I think it was 13 straight years in the playoffs under Greg Popovich. But uh, again, they weren't meant to be in that situation. They didn't have LaMarcus Aldridge. and, And they still gave us a touch up 122 to 113. So... I don't know what was said in the locker room, but uh, that wasn't a Game 7 mentality. They didn't look that good, and um, unfortunately, we paid the price. You know, turnovers again. We have a look at the um, the stats for the game. You know, we ended up with another 19 turnovers. You know, they had 17 points off turnovers. They got 30. We only got 21. You know, 30 points came off us turning the ball over. And that was a big issue throughout the whole bubble. It was absolutely horrible that we were sitting there copying that. You know, some of the major offenders for turnovers again. Drew had five. Three from Lonzo. 
couple from JJ, but at least he had um, 31 points. Nikhil had four. You know, he played eight minutes and had four turnovers. That's a killer. There's an absolute killer when you're trying to uh, to win games and get in there, but um, into the playoffs. But what can you do, you know? I guess it is what it is. Um, so we ended up losing that. I think that's what cooked us in the end. We then, I think we were still, there was a sliver of hope that we could get in there, uh, at least to the ninth spot. We then took on the Kings on Wednesday, and we lost 106 to 112. So, again, what was even the point of showing up? You know, they're saying the Kings, they owned a nine-point edge going into the last period, and we got within four points for 31 seconds left, but they shot 42% from three. We shot 29%. What I did like was that Big Jalil, he was a bright spark in this one, played really well. He was killing them in the post. I was very impressed with how he played. He looked like a man possessed. I, I tweeted that he looked like Al Jefferson reincarnated, you know. Shout out to Big Al. He was an absolute beast. Jalil's post-game is from a different era. It's phenomenal to watch. And kids, I don't care what they say, pull up from half court and shoot threes. I mean, that's all specky stuff. But this is big man fundamentals. Phenomenal to watch. And I was loving it. I was... Uh, Chomping it all up, watching that uh, Jalil show. Uh, he looked really, really good. Unfortunately, we uh, we lost it in 112 to 106. You know, starting was Josh Hart, Lonzo, Melly, Etwan Moore, Jackson Hayes. He played 25 minutes at Jalil. Nikhil played 25. Frank Jackson, 24. He dropped 18. Sindarius Thornwell played, and so did Kendrick Williams. You know, I think we'd resigned ourselves to the fact that uh, it was over. So, you know, Drew was out. He had a sore elbow or something they were saying. Zion had knee soreness or something. B.I. had an elbow. Uh, It was purely that they just didn't want to run him. What's the point when you're playing for nothing? So, they'd written it all off. Again, in this game, to get killed that bad in three point, why is it that every team shoots so well from three points against us? Well, it's because we're not Defending on the perimeter. And, you know, Drew, Drew Holiday is a fantastic perimeter defender. He wasn't playing. But even when he is, you know, we're still getting killed shooting the threes. And when ours not falling, you just get absolutely hammered. You get absolutely hammered and you can't answer. So, you know, we shot 7 to 24 from three. They shot 11 to 26. Kills you. 93% from free throw. 15 to 16. They shot. We shot 78.9%. 15 to 19. You're leaving free throws, freebies at the line. It it kills you. You know, again, we had 19 turnovers. Yeah, they had 20 points off turnovers. They only had 14, we had 23. So, you know, we did better in that. But again, 19 turnovers, you will not win a game turning the ball over that much. Even when they turn it over more. Because they're hitting threes. Three points is more than two, which kills you. You know, Harrison Barnes, who's been average all year, dropped 25 on us. It's difficult to watch. You know, overall, we shot 51% from the field. That's really good. We got killed on the boards, 45 to 34. Offensive boards, they had 14. We had five. Second chance buckets. And what I've been saying all year is that the defensive play does not end until you secure the rebound. And that has killed us all year. You know, 
we have a look at the box score. And we have a look at our rebound leaders. And Josh Hart had 10 rebounds. He was our rebound leader. Jackson Hayes played 22 minutes. He had five. Jalil Okafor played 25 minutes. He had four rebounds. These guys are the big guys. Nicola Melli had four. Why is it up to Josh Hart to get the rebound? You know what I mean? Like, that is so difficult to comprehend that that was the case. So, all in all, not fantastic um, that that was the case. We finished off our bubble run on Friday against the Magic. And we thought, well, might as well have a crack, eh? We might as well finish on a high, try to get something out of it. You know, we have a look at who started. Frank Jackson, Josh Hart. Nikhil, Jackson Hayes, and Melly were the starters. All of them played 30 minutes, except Melly played 25. We went right through the uh, the lineup. So, Zylan Cheatham played. Sindarius played 19 minutes. Kendrick Williams played 18. And Jalil only played 17 in this one. Frank Jackson dropped 31. And five assists. You know, Awesome. Phenomenal that you're getting minutes from this guy and he's delivering, you know, that's a nearly a point a minute. I have a lot of respect for Frank Jackson. I think he's a good player and I think he's a serviceable backup point guard in this league. Um, Nikhil had 29 and seven assists. So the development is there and, and to be able to run those guys out and give them a good run, play them 35 minutes, that is invaluable for their development going forward. So I'm not mad at all that they decided, well, let's give the young blokes a run. We'll let all the other guys sit down. You know, Drew Holiday, uh, sorry, JJ Reddick's playoff run, unfortunately, has ended. He was in the playoffs every year of college, every year of the NBA so far, and unfortunately, it is now over. But you get that, you know. He knew what he was getting into coming in. He thought Zion was going to lead him into the promised land, and he nearly did, but he was injured all year, so that makes it difficult. You know, over at the Magic, they just played a whole heap of random guys. Like Nick Vuzovic didn't play. Aaron Gordon didn't play. Terrence Ross didn't play. DJ Augustine dropped 22 on us in 22 minutes. Oh, Vuzovic did play at 23. You know, Where's a Wandu dropped 15. James Ennis dropped 16. Vic Law dropped 10. You know, all of these guys, if, if someone hangs 133 points on you, we lost 133 to 127. Seven players scored in double digits for the Magic, which makes it very difficult to win. We can't stop. Magic dropped 57% from the field. 15 to 28 from long range. So how are you meant to win when someone's shooting 60% almost for the game against you. You can't stop them. And again, that comes down to perimeter defense and interior defense. And clearly, that was a big issue. Let's have a look at the points off turnovers. Offensive rebounds, it was 9-6. to six, So not too bad in that one. We actually won. We won the rebound battle. But turnovers, we had 13, they had 12. Points off turnovers, we had 20, they had 23. Not too bad. But again... Free throws were similar. Three points. We shot 10 of 34. They shot 53%. So, all of a sudden, we have 10 three-pointers. They're hitting three at one end. We're hitting nothing at the other. You're getting blown out. So, to drag it back and only lose by six, that's admirable. You know, we scored 40 in the last quarter. 
whereas they dropped 43 on us in the second quarter, and, and you just can't recover from that. So second half was definitely better, but again, it's tough. It's it's really, really tough to see that, and um, to not finish strong, and uh, yeah, that's just, it's, it's disappointing to see, especially when you had a real opportunity and, and an arguably weaker schedule than a whole heap of different teams to just not even fire a shot. You know, we came in and really looked lackluster. No one wanted to be there. You see all these reports now that Brandon Ingram allegedly didn't want to be there. And, you know, I don't I don't buy into all of that unless I hear it from him. You know, there's all this carry on. Oh, you know, Lonzo didn't want to be there. Zion was only half in it. Uh, these guys are competitors. They want to be there. It doesn't matter. Unless I hear them say, no, I don't really care about the team, then we'll ship them out and they'll be gone. I don't think that for a second. These guys aren't going to go and put themselves in an unknown situation that could potentially jeopardize their whole careers, uh, especially Brandon Ingram, who's about to go into free agency, for no good reason. There's no there's no point of them going in if they didn't actually care and didn't think they had an opportunity to get into the playoffs. So, you know, I don't buy it for a second. You have a look at the Wizards. Beal didn't go. Bertans didn't go. Wall could have probably rushed himself back, but he, he didn't. You know, these guys knew that the Wizards probably weren't going to win a finals this year. So, that's why they opted out. They decided, well, it's actually probably safer for me to stay home and stay with my family. So, again, I don't buy into that conjecture of these guys not wanting to be there. And B.I. since has said that New Orleans is right up there in his places to stay. And so it should be because he's a restricted free agent. So, he'll be hanging around in a max contract for the next five years. So, uh we really should be grateful for these guys going in and having a crack. And um, thanks for all the support staff as well that went with them. And, you know, Alvin was arguably classed as high risk as being an older gentleman, you know, that high risk COVID. Um, and, and he was in there and he was with the team. All the other guys that were in there, you know, all the support staff, they all left their families for a couple of weeks to come out and, and go into this unknown Disney World hybrid bubble COVID sort of thing. Who knows what we can call it, but they didn't know what they were signing up for. No one did. So thanks to all of those guys that did that um, and went and put on a show for us, you know, yeah, okay, we didn't get the result that we wanted, but as a Pelicans fan, I was very, very impressed with the development of a few guys. You know, Frank pulling out 31 in that last game, all good on him. JJ did everything he could to make sure that we got there, but, uh, really struggled in a couple of the games. Everyone did. It was an unknown circumstance. Unfortunately, Lonzo was no good. But let that be a challenge going forward. You know, we don't know what this is going to look like. We could be in bubbles for the next 10 years until there's a vaccine. We we have no idea. So very, very impressed with those guys. But uh, on to the next. We won't bow down, as they say. The hashtag won't bow down. But make sure you are... You stay with the Pelicans, they'll be alright. We've got a big off-season. We'll see how it plays out. I think we've got a 2% chance of getting the number one draft pick. Otherwise, I think we're sitting at about 10th, which is not bad. You get a good player around there. Now, we'll leave it at that. That's the end of the first segment. Uh, make sure if you're doing your betting, you can bet on the play-in games. Uh, you can bet on whatever you want. You Make sure you do it at mybookie.ag. So that's our partner over at Hoopball. When you sign up, 
use the code HOOPBALL and you'll get a $10 MLB futures bet. So you can use that whenever you want. And they'll also deposit match any money that you put in over $25. So if you sign up, chuck $25 in, they will give you $25, 100% match. So make sure you go and do that. You can live bet during the games. They've got any sport under the sun, I think. You can go head over there and have a look. So if you're doing your betting, make sure you do it with my bookie. Use the code HOOPBALL. And if you're having a shave, make sure you used manscaped.com. So make sure you head over there. Use the code HOOPBALL2020 at checkout. That'll give you some free shipping. It'll give you 20% off. They've got a whole heap of good gear over there as well. So the Lawnmower 3.0, I think, is their flagship at the moment. But they've got a whole heap of other stuff there that... Uh, you could go and get, and um, yeah, whether you're looking for jocks or boxes or creams, oils, whatever you want, they've got it over there. So make sure you check them out, manscapedwithad.com. And they're our sponsors. Now, we'll jump into the next segment of this, which is, so what happens now? So what happens now is that the Pelicans head home. I think they were going to head home straight away, so they're probably already jet-setting on their way back to New Orleans and their respected areas. People are saying, or I suppose they're calling for Alvin Gentry's head. You know, he's been there a little while now and part of David Griffin coming in was that he was happy to keep Alvin on and at least give him a chance to develop. But, uh, or develop the team and, and give him a crack to succeed. And for the most part, he was okay. You know, I think people were calling for his head during the, 13-game losing streak, but then he went on another run when Zion came back, and we almost made it. I think the performance in the bubble has probably put a sour taste in everyone's mouth, and I think he's probably on the chopping block now uh, as to what sort of coach they're going to get in. I would love to see Kenny Atkinson come in. Ex-coach of the Nets got shafted there because Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving wanted DeAndre Jordan to start over Allen, and then those guys didn't even come into the bubble, so, you know... I think Kenny Atkinson would have. But anyway, I think he's a great developmental coach. He turned a ragtag bunch of kids into a a, a, fight, a playoffs team. You know, D'Angelo Russell's career was on life support until uh, Kenny Atkinson took that over and put some confidence into him. You know, Karis LeVert came from nowhere. Jarrett Allen was meant to be a developmental player. He hangs with the best centers in the league now. I think... He's a great player. Spencer Dinwiddie was another one. Came out of his shell playing for those guys. And I think he would be fantastic in terms of putting a good culture in. He goes to war for his players. Every every possession you can see him giving it all on the sidelines. He's also a good teacher. I think if you put good coaches around him and he gets to pick his own staff, I think Kenny Atkinson is the guy that we should go after. Uh, besides that, I don't know who number two would be that I'd be interested in. I don't think a coach that isn't targeted towards the win now sort of uh, that is is targeted towards win now is the right choice I don't think a, a Van Gundy or anyone like that should be targeted Mark Jackson definitely not and I don't like Jason Kidd I don't think he has the right mentality I think he was a phenomenal player but he seems to like to have a lot of fingers in a lot of pies and manipulate the front office and I just don't think that he is the perfect fit for a developing side. So let's go for a bloke that's going to teach you. Even one of the assistants, you know, 
anyone at Milwaukee or the Spurs, someone like that. You know, Becky Hammond has been flagged. I saw floating around on Twitter. But again, I don't think she leaves the Spurs. I think she probably takes over the Spurs after Pop finally gives it away. Um, San Antonio Spurs have always been right up there with the, uh, at the forefront of, I suppose, whether it be female coaches or uh, Black Lives Matter or uh, the political side of things, the Spurs are always pretty happy to, to get involved with that, and that's phenomenal being at the forefront. You know, Pop doesn't shy away from his opinions on anyone, which I really appreciate. I think he's, um, it's refreshing to see him using his platform for good. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Unfortunately, I do think Alvin will get cut as to how soon it'll be. It wouldn't surprise me if it's next week, uh, purely because they're going to want to get someone in place. I think what makes it more urgent now is that Chicago has just fired their coach, uh, Boylan, and they're going to be looking for a similar sort of coach in that one that will want to develop players and, I suppose, turn them into a championship-caliber team in the next two, three, four years. I think their sort of timeline is similar to where the Pelicans are now, and uh, that is going to be something that they'll pl- they'll probably keep in mind that now there's two teams looking for a similar sort of coach. So watch your space, I guess, and I think Chicago are going to move quickly to try to secure the best option, and, and I think we need to be aware that that is the case and, and make sure that we're in the running for anyone as well. They need to know that um, the Pelicans are looking. So we'll see what happens there. In terms of the actual team, you know, Favors is in the last year of his deal. Brandon Ingram is on restricted free agency, so I think he'll be coming back. I mean, I think on a max contract, whether he signs an offer sheet somewhere else, I think he will be back. The Pelicans will match. They'll be silly not to. Lonzo won't get extended in the offseason. If we have a look down the contract table... You know, next year we've got Drew Holiday. He's got $26 million next year. JJ Reddick's got another year on him. Uh, Zion's got... He's on his rookie contract. His doesn't come out until 2023. Lonzo has $11 million for next year, and then he's he's a free agent. Etwan Moore had $8 million this year. That he, He's out of contract. Jalil Okafor's out of contract this year. Uh, we've got the qualifying offer for Brandon Ingram, Frank Jackson, and Kendrick Williams because they're all on the, uh, the rookie-scale deals. But, uh, yeah, you know, there's a bit of cap space there. You know, Derek Favors this year made $16.9 million. He's a free agent. Do we bring him back? If not, who do we go and get? I think his play in the bubble was pretty rough. I don't think he was that good. But I also think that comes down to the lack of defensive presence as well on the top of the... D, I guess, you know, as they were coming at the three-point line. I think perimeter defense was severely lacking, as well as interior. We need a good rebounder. I think we also need a high IQ ball handling guard, and I've seen a few people say that on Twitter, and I got in a bit of a back and forth with a few guys on there about what we needed. I think a defensive-minded guard as well, um, someone that fits our timeline would be good. I think Melton from, uh, D'Anthony Melton from, from Memphis would be pretty good, and I think we could get him fairly cheap. He's been solid and uh, be looking for more opportunity. But again, maybe another defensive-minded wing, someone like that, that would be good to back up Ingram and, and take the stress off him. That would be helpful. And then 
I suppose, a big man, a big man that can anchor that middle. And I don't know if there's many out there that are free agents at the moment. What would be great is if we went after Jarrett Allen. That would be, I think, a really good get, especially because they're so keen on playing an aging DeAndre Jordan at centre. So if we could get a guy like that, he's only 23 or 24. He fits the timeline. He's an absolute beast. And um, I think he'd be very, very helpful. Even a Hassan Whiteside, who's a free agent, you know, if you could get him cheap, he's a defensive-minded center that grabs rebounds, averaged something like 14 this year while Nurkic was injured at Portland. He blocked, led the league in block shots. Could be another guy that we could target if we could get him a little bit cheaper. And even if you had to pay the same that you paid him, Derek Favors, say you gave him 20 million a year, could be a get. I don't know who else who else should be able to target, you know. DeMarcus Cousins be out there, but again, we don't know what he's going to look like coming back from all the knee and Achilles injuries. I don't think he's a full-time center anymore. I think he's probably on the way down. I'm happy to eat my words because I love a bit of Boogie Cousins. We've seen that show before down at the Pelicans, but uh, yeah, I think a defensive-minded anchor that will grab the boards, doesn't have to score that much, but if you can throw it to him, that would be phenomenal. That would be very, very helpful. A double-double guy. I'm not I'm not looking for much. I'm just looking for something that'll uh, that'll help us get there. You know, Brandon Clark, if we could we could prime away from Memphis would be pretty helpful as well. Another wing slash power forward, super athletic, would sit behind, I suppose, Zion if you could get him to play the three even better. But uh, we're a little bit stacked in that sort of area. I think center and maybe another guard, defensive-minded guard that could uh, ease the burden on um, Drew, Josh Hart, and a high IQ, maybe a Ricky Rubio type guy that could uh, that could run the half court offense because we really suffered in that. You know, Lonzo's great in the open court, but sitting there at half court trying to run plays, it looked really bad. You know, there's only so much you can do standing there and, and getting guys to run um, off screens, and then we don't hit the three anyway. But um, I think that comes down to not making the right plays, trying to rush it, and then getting those turnovers. So be interesting to see what they do in the offseason. But um, all in all, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. I think um, it'll be interesting, to say the least, as to, as to what's going to happen. But uh, otherwise, yeah, it was okay. So to finish off, I think we'll do a, a quick season review. I don't think we'll... We'll harp on it for too long. You know, we've talked about the uh, the season and, and the bubble that was um, throughout the weeks. You know, we've still got guests coming up. I'm booking them in as we, as we speak. We'll, uh, we'll be trying to get as many people on here as possible. We might get some other hoop ball guys on and, and do a little bit of a crossover as we, uh, as we go through the finals and, and a few different other Pelicans pros. No doubt they'll... Uh, I'll be happy to shed some insight, and we always love having guests on here as well. We might try to get some people from New Orleans on as well that uh, that run businesses or things like uh, the museum or something like that. I don't know, something fun that we can chat about, something that'll that'll talk more about New Orleans rather than just the um, just the sports. You know, we might talk about the Saints as well. Maybe we'll try to get that on there. Who knows? The world's our oyster in the off season, but uh, make sure you stick with us. You know. I've thoroughly enjoyed taking it over. You know, I took it over in COVID when we went into a massive hiatus. We got a whole heap of guests on, which was awesome. And thanks again to all those people for doing it. But guys, 
You guys have been phenomenal, the people that have been listening. It has been great, and I cannot thank you all enough for supporting us. I'll give you this, what, we'll do a couple of minutes, a couple of minutes of uh, of the season that was. We'll have a look. You know, there's some games that we absolutely blew people out, some games that we looked absolutely terrible. I saw a, an interesting stat about the number of starting lineups that the Pelicans ran out this year. And the one year that we made the playoffs, the year when we had the lowest different starting lineups of now. You know, like, this year we had a whole heap. You know, the highest Pelicans lineup, 17 games. We ran Lonzo, Derek Favors, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson. We had eight games, six games, five games, five games, four games. Like, how are you meant to get the consistency when you've got all these different lineups and they're barely playing together? You know, 17 games for a starting lineup is not going to be enough to get that consistency. In 2018, you know, the most common Pelicans lineup was eight games of Drew Holiday, Etwan Moore, Wesley Johnson, Anthony Davis, Nikola Mirotic. We didn't make playoffs. Then 17-18, this is when we last made the playoffs. We, we had 25 games of Drew, Rondo, Etwan Moore, Davis, Demarcus. Second most was four, 18 games. Rondo, Holiday, Moore, Davis, Mirotic. All of a sudden, you make playoffs because you're being more consistent. Do we have better players? Davis and DeMarcus are pretty good, you know, but again, it shouldn't be unreasonable for us to play a similar team night in, night out. Okay, injuries are part of it, but again, I don't think it's that unrealistic for us to have done that. You know, the year before, 15 games was the max of Buddy Hill, Drew Holiday, Dante Cunningham... Solomon Hill and Anthony Davis. It's just not going to happen with that many changes in lineup. You get, what, one-eighth of the season with the starting lineup, the most common starting lineup. It's just not going to happen. So uh, hopefully we can get some guys that will lock in, stay healthy, touch wood, I don't know, burn a prayer, all of that sort of stuff. We can keep these guys healthy and, and going forward. I'm excited, I think, We've got a really good side. If we can keep them all together, we've got a really, really good team, as I've said all the way along. Our trajectory and future is so bright and on its way up, but we need to keep them together and we need to get those consistent minutes. So if we can get a coach that is going to lead from the front, awesome. Let's do it. Get him. I'm excited. But anyway, guys, I think I will leave it at that. We've been going for a little while and... Make sure, as always, you go and like us on Twitter. Give us a review at the bottom of your iTunes and Spotify apps. And if you want to give us five stars, that'd be more than appreciated because we love what we do here. You know, we're all fans at, uh, at HoopBall. This has been a hoop-ball.com presentation. Make sure you head over there. New website. The more you comment on the forums, you get discounts on premium so make sure you go and do that because there's heaps on premium especially with the draft guide next year you're going to want to win your fantasy league so go and do that guys i'm lyle swithenbank at lyle swithenbank on twitter this has been the pelican scoop at hoopball pels on twitter stay safe look after yourselves we'll chat next week bye for now
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.